Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Thursday, July 13th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Pudding, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here. So we welcome you into this Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, week's almost over. It is not Tuesday. It is Thursday. Uh, Nick's last day before he enjoys some vacay for the next week or so. And then it'll be Colin and I and Dylan potentially from time to time, depending on his hours. Yeah, we're going to party every day. (laughs) Might as well. I'll be gone. So Exactly. He'll be partying. Nick will be partying every day. I thought maybe you were partying every day because I'm gone. Yeah, because we want to do what you're doing. Uh, We want to party. Well... Sounds like fun. Yeah. Wish I could be there. Do you? Probably not. Not really. It's more out of jealousy, not out of celebration. At least that's what I'm going to tell you while you're here. Right. I mean, that's fair. But really, it's like a anti-Nick party. <laughs> Who said that? He said that, not us. Exactly, yeah. Could be. All right, let's uh, get to talking about some Berkeley post-14 Hornet action, some Legion baseball action as they knocked off. They swept a doubleheader against the North Berkeley post-60 Knights. They're now newly named for a post, uh, the new team out of North Berkeley County. Uh, It was a 6-5 walk-off victory in game one last night and an 18-0 victory uh, last night in five innings to cap things off. And uh, it, it just seemed like the pitching for Berkeley post-14 may be a little off in game one. Uh, but in game two, the pitching and the hitting was all on. Yeah. Uh, you know, game one didn't necessarily look like their team. But, I mean, give credit to Landon Pence for going out there and putting together a really solid performance out on the mound for North Berkeley. So... When you get that kind of performance out of him, kind of threw off, I think, the timing of the hitting uh, for post-14 and really slowed down their offense. And the Hornets made some mistakes defensively that kind of helped North Berkeley out as well. But North Berkeley put together some timely hits. They they have talent. Like Tripp said in the post-game interview, um, you know, that anytime you have EPAC guys out on the field, they know how to play the game and they're going to play hard. And we saw that in game one, and they really challenged a team that has a bit more experience uh, or has guys that we consider to be, I guess, higher-profile players. But uh, the North Berkeley squad definitely has some good players on their team, and and they can fight and and be competitive like they were in that first game. And then game two, I mean, things just really didn't go their way. Uh, For post-14, though, they just really seemed to jump on some pitches, had those home runs that I think – kind of took all the confidence away from North Berkeley when you hit the home run from Riley Bubb, and that was a no-doubter. And then very next pitch, Chase Herndon has another no-doubter to right center field. Uh, You know, that's just tough to come back from. So 
Um, I think both teams have talent. Both teams will fight, and that's what's guaranteed. And if they match up again, I think we could see another close game because I think there is a chip on North Berkeley's shoulder as being that new team in the area. And you know those guys could look at it as they were passed up for post-14. Um, so I think that adds to it too. And overall, um, you know, two good games. Hornets end up finding a way to get those wins and lock up the number one seed. Yeah, you mentioned that here. We'll hear from Berkeley Post-14 Hornets manager Trip Tobin from last night's ballgame after the fact. Joined by Berkeley Post-14 Hornets manager Trip Tobin. It was a tough ball game in the first one. It was, you got squeaked it out, walked it off on a uh, sack fly. But in the second game, the offense came alive and the pitching does what it normally does. Yeah, the first game we were flat. And, uh, you know, the young man for uh, Atlanta Pence for um, – North Berkeley threw strikes, and then he, he changed speeds a little bit, got us out on our front foot. We were out in front a little bit. We hit the baseball. They caught it. That's what baseball, that's all about baseball. You know when you get two groups of EPAC uh, players out there, you're going to have a ball game, and I assume it was going to be that way. And hats off to them for, for uh, you know, fighting, but uh, really a, a great job of our group to wake up and, and uh, grind it out. And, you know, in these 18 nothing ball games, you know, offense explodes and everybody enjoys it. But, you know, so I, I like the tighter ball games. I think you, you you learn more about yourself and your character in those games, and I think we learned a lot about ourselves in that game. And second game, we came out a lot looser and just hit the baseball. And you know, but the first game certainly was a nail biter. It was a great baseball game for everybody to watch and everybody at home to watch. And uh, you, that second game, you start laying the water on the mound. You kind of flip flopped with Jason Myers, um, but he came out and he pitched three really good innings. If it wasn't for the score, I'm assuming you would have put him back out there. A little bit more because the last time we saw Lane, he kind of toughed it out through four innings against Vienna. But this one, he was dominant. It was dominant. I mean, yeah, he he likes to go 70, 80 pitches. He gets warmed up on the back end, and uh, you know he get that opportunity next week, of course, in the area tournament. Uh, the thing tonight was just trying to get a lot of guys on the mound and get two wins. We were able to do both. You know, we wanted to get Myers and the Horowitz two innings each, but you know when the game shortened up into five innings, we had to shorten those to one. But Jason's going to start uh, Saturday here. He's going to you know, throw 75, 80 pitches. That way he'll still be available for Thursday night, you know, for the championship game if we advance to that. And, uh, you know, we'll have all the arms ready. And, uh, you know, on Wednesday night, Fletcher will be back. And, of course, uh, DeLauder's fine and Braden's fine. So we should be good to go. Um, get some. Uh, we're going to inter-squad here Friday night. We're going to play uh, Saturday. We're going to inter-squad to give the juniors a chance to get a game in as well because they're going Sunday to play in their area tournament to try to get a berth to state which they already actually got at Bristol State, but get them ready for that and then get us ready for our area tournament and our game Saturday. When you talk about your area tournament, you'll get the bye for the first game. So Tuesday it'll be here as Post 64 will take on North Berkeley. The winner takes on your team. Uh, what does that mean to clinch this this spot tonight with two wins? And it's different than in years past because now it's a three-team tournament rather than kind of where if you just sweep them on the season, then you were kind of the automatic winner. Yeah, it's going to be fun to have a tournament here. You know, it's going to be a game on Tuesday night between 64 and uh, and the Knights. And winner of that's going to get us on um, uh, Wednesday. And, uh, you know, that loser's going to drop down elimination game. So Wednesday night somebody will be eliminated. And then Tuesday uh, we're going to play for runner-up and – or, excuse me, Thursday we're going to play for runner-up and champion uh, to see which team goes to um, the state. So bye. Wednesday night, whoever's eliminated Wednesday night, the other two teams will go to state, the two teams that are still standing on Thursday, and it'll just be a matter of who's going to be the champion of Area 4, who's going to be the runner-up. So it's going to be a great area. You see what the Knights can do when they put a, t- when they put a game together. 
and uh, you know you see what the we we firsthand know what Potomac Valley can do when they put a game together, and then on the other side of it, we can put a game together. So it's going to be a great three three team uh, tournament here coming up next week. Hope everybody can come out and see it. Congrats on the win, and we'll talk to you on Saturday. All right, thank you. As I caught up there with Berkeley Post 14 Hornets manager Trip Tobin after the doubleheader sweep last night, and to break down the bracket a little bit more. Tuesday, 7 p.m., Potomac Valley will take on North Berkeley. The winner of that game will take on Post 14 at 5 p.m. on Wednesday, which we'll have that broadcast for you, 5 p.m. Wednesday. Uh, The loser of Game 1 will take on the loser of Game 2 at 7 p.m., so whoever loses on Wednesday will have to play a doubleheader and not be eliminated. And then whoever wins uh, the game on Wednesday, the first game, both teams will advance to Thursday, the winners of the games on, on Wednesday, and then whoever wins will be the Area 4 champion, and the other be the runner-up, but both teams will head to the state tournament, I believe in Charleston this year. So it should, it's going to be an exciting tournament next week. We'll have the post-14 action for you next week, beginning Wednesday at 5 p.m. Before we talk about the junior team, uh, confirmed last night with the um, uh, post 14 DH and first baseman in Washington grad Colin Reedy has committed to play at Garrett College and it's great to see the fact that he's going to be able to, to continue and play baseball and you know Garrett College is Juco so hopefully his Juco can move him up to you know at least the NCAA whether that's D3 D2 or even D1 uh, but I'm just happy that he's able to play baseball in college because of the way his senior season went with the injuries yeah, I wonder if he'll uh, get a chance to pitch at all. But I believe he has given up pitching. Okay, I wasn't sure if he had given it up or what the case might have been, but that makes some sense since he hasn't thrown it all this summer. I kind of felt like maybe that was the case. So um, either way, though, uh, Colin Reed has been fantastic for uh, Berkeley Post 14 this summer, just hitting the ball all over the yard consistently. So. Not really surprised that he got an opportunity. I just wasn't certain when that would come or what level of play it would be at. And I think this is a great opportunity for him to go out, prove that he can play at the college level, and uh, you know get more exposure and get more opportunities to move up. Because, I mean, you watch Colin Reed, just up, right? one of the smartest and, and best hitters uh, in the lineup for post-14. And it's very consistent, so I see no reason why he can't go on to have success at the college game and uh, continue to get opportunities for him, but really excited for him since you know, he's been such a fun player to watch, whether it be post-14 or in high school at Washington. Yeah, he's a great leader on and off the field for his teammates as well, and his senior year before the injury he was batting 500. It was a phenomenal start to the season for him, and his pitching was just as good before he decided to give it up, kind of probably because of this unfortunate injury yeah. that he had to experience as well. And now hopefully at Garrett College, he continues to have success. And pretty sure it's not too far away, so still... No, it's in McHenry, yeah, Maryland. Still uh, close to home, so family and friends can go out and see him. Yeah, I mean, just look at the numbers real quick for the summer. 528 average, uh, 614 on base... You know, three home runs, 29 RBIs, 13 walks, so he can do it, do both. Uh, just, I mean, a fantastic summer hitting for this team, and excited for to see what he does. Eight six, eight sixty eight slugging percentage. So 
really impressive. Yeah, very impressive as uh, he'll go to the Garrett College Lakers. He'll be a Laker next year. And, uh, you know, just congrats to him for all he's been able to do after that injury and, you know, making the comeback. Whenever you get injured, making a comeback is not the easiest thing to do, especially when in your head you have some offers to pitch at schools and then you can't pitch anymore. And those offers, unfortunately, go away uh, because of the injury. But, you know, just glad he's able to go to take the next step in his college or in his baseball career to go to college. I mean, Leads the team in plate appearances and leads the team in batting average. So, so. he's there almost every game. It's not like he's out there uh, racking up the stats in like five games or something. I mean, he's played 19 games. So, you know, shows that he loves the game and he's out there competing for this team. Yep. And uh, let's turn our attention to the junior team. They finished the regular season last night with a 13-3 to victory over Boonesboro, Maryland, post-10 in a shortened game. And Connor Smith gets the win on the mound. Four innings, two hits, two runs, two earned, five walks, two strikeouts. Ben Risenweber comes in for two innings, three hits, one run, one earned, one walk while striking out three. Uh, a great day at the plate for the Junior Hornets. 15 hits, 12 RBIs, 13 runs scored, eight walks while striking out just five times. Uh, Gro- Jet Gross goes two for four. Connor Smith, two for three. Alex Danner, two for four with two RBIs. Two RBIs for Brett Pedersen on a one for three. A two for two day with two RBIs and two walks for Owen Rubenthal. A two for four day for Andrew Ever- Earhart, excuse me, and two for four for Grant Henderson, along with two for four and two RBIs for Ryland Swartz. So almost everybody on that team had a hit. Everybody reached base. Uh, Poltar... Uh, had two runs scored on two walks and two are or uh, he had walk, was walked twice and then Ben Risenweber pinch uh, I believe coming in no no he was in the lineup to begin with he scored a run on a on a walk and had an RBI as well so everybody reaches base in that for that team as they continue and they're automatically going to states as the number one seed in their uh, area, but they have to if they want to get the number one. If they want to get the higher seat as the area winner, they have to win their area tournament this weekend. So best of luck to them as they continue to dominate eighteen and three, eighteen three and one regular season. Yeah, I mean we've kind of watched from afar, but I've been aired very, a couple games. Yeah, I've been very impressed by this team from what we've been able to see and and just the fact that I wasn't really sure how they would do since they were kind of a younger group. Uh, playing for the first time together but you know they've just been really good all year Um, whether it be playing up against tougher competition or older competition I should say and uh, or playing guys that are their age you know they've just been really good so um, definitely a great run for the Hornets so far at the junior legion level I think that will continue throughout the rest of the summer and when they get up to senior legion as well. Yeah, it's another impressive performance for the Junior Hornets, a team that I believe they played before, and it was uh, Boonesboro's junior team. I know you guys were trying to figure that out yesterday. I'm pretty sure we actually had their last meeting. It was uh, at PO right before the Father's Day tournament for the senior team. So to go out there and I'm pretty sure do basically the same thing is another great feat for a terrific team. And 
I think they have a good shot at winning their uh, region. Yeah, I mean, I just think it means good things for the Berkeley Post-14 organization as as a bunch of those players next year will make the jump up to the senior team. But that will do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more on their side of this break. Uh, the SSAC is now one step closer to expanding to four-class systems in more than just girls and boys basketball. We'll talk about that, plus a new assistant director taking the spot of the late Greg Reed. Uh, and it's a local guy. Once again, they pull from Berkeley County for a high administrative position in the SSAC. We'll talk about that on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10. We'll blow away. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest-growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Jambo Construction and Fencing Company, LLC, is a veteran-owned and operated company right here in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia that specializes in decks, fencing, and hardscaping. Find us on Facebook at Jambo Construction and Fencing to see more of the projects we've completed. For a free estimate, you can call Bo Bartley at 304-268-5452 or Jamie Gall at 304-279-5053. We are licensed and insured in the state of West Virginia, and as Martinsburg alums, we say, Go Bulldogs! Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center at 800 Emmett Rouse Drive, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this Thursday, July 13th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR. And TV 10, Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us as we uh, get back into more high school sports. As uh, yesterday, uh, the path became clearer after the State Board of Education approved the WVSSAC Constitution and a series of new provisions included in those new provisions was the option to expand some sports offerings to add Class 4A similar to what has been in place for basketball for the past three seasons. Um, 
basically this all got started in i believe in april the wvssac board of control which is comprised of representatives from member schools approved possible expansion to four classes for sports in april which was approved by the boe yesterday in the state which was the next step in the process it is expected that that roster of sports could explain to four classes will be approved by the ssac board of directors this fall and sports that have the highest participation rates which would be football baseball softball volleyball and cheer could possibly add a fourth class as early as the 2024-2025 academic year obviously currently basketball is the only one only sport to utilize this a competitive balance formula that would be used in this basically it's not going to be done by population anymore so your four-class system wouldn't necessarily be done by population, and it would change the way here in the panhandle that the sections would be aligned. It would now be three and three, not four and three. So it'd be like we see in basketball where Musselman would fall down with the Jefferson County Schools in Washington and Jefferson, and then the that'd be section two. Section one would be Hedgesville, Spring Mills, and Martinsburg if that expands to all other sports but obviously in football is the biggest one because that would change the alignment of some teams yeah i just i mean we've talked about this before we don't really understand why the state of west virginia would need four classifications because it's just simply not a very big state uh in terms of population so it just doesn't really make that much sense to me to add another classification from that standpoint um i guess though they've liked what it's done for basketball so maybe expanded into these other sports you get a little bit more competition or something um but i don't know i don't really get the point of adding another one when you're not really it's not like the state's population has grown significantly or something you need to add more classification so um in terms of what it does i think it would make it maybe a little bit more interesting i mean honestly i think for football the way a way to make it more competitive would be to have less teams make the state tournament but that's more so an issue i guess at triple a than single and double a i'm pretty sure those tournaments do have more uh parity i guess yeah it's more likely that a 16 could be to one uh but we're not going to see a 16 be to one at triple a at least I don't think it's ever happened or at least it hasn't happened in a very long time so um, I guess from that standpoint it could be good for the sports but I just think from a logical standpoint it really doesn't make much sense to have another classification being added I agree it just seems like for the state it's too small of a state to have this go for every single sport we haven't really seen any issue i guess truly with it during basketball and i understand for the lower levels the situation is with the private schools in some locations the private catholic schools being in that single a or double a really dominating because of them being private compared to public so i see that more of the issue compared to yes they're the same size it's because they can recruit and get these people because they're private compared to a public school even though i guess that in a way you can go wherever you want now so that might change a little bit but at the same time you brought up the point maybe it was for better competition among the four classifications in in basketball it's been the same teams anyway 
Here's a quote. With the three classifications that have been winning. Here's so, a quote I have from the West WV Metro News article from uh, WVSSAC Assistant Executive Director Wayne Ryan. Uh, basically, the best example of this of the kind of the way that it would change how things are done not based upon population just population i guess i should say he says quote the best example probably is hampshire it is a rural triple a school but it has had some success now that it would have never have had if it would have been in quad a with the four class system ripley this year if you happen to attend the state tournament, my gosh, it was a sea of blue. It was awesome. I don't know if there was anybody left in Ripley. Literally, they were all there. Those teams most likely would not have been in the tournament if they would have been in quad A. But as a triple A, they had the experience for their kids and communities and lifelong memories. So it's definitely moving things along to where schools that are in that weird zone who never will have any success in 4a like hampshire that is given now they can have success in a in a different way because they're now at the higher end of population and things along those lines is that fair then to the other schools yeah because they're in their range but they're in their range most likely okay I'm just, I'm just like the fact that like when I when I first got here and and didn't realize Hampshire was within this area for most sports, I thought it was really weird. I'm like Hampshire's out in the middle of nowhere. These teams are all in highly populated areas. They're never going to win. Yeah, I mean, I understand. And and like we saw baseball the last couple of years, and in volleyball, they're always last. Yeah, I mean, I understand that you know. It makes sense from that standpoint. I'm just wondering if if their population is closer to the larger schools, is that fair to the schools that are smaller than them, that are in the same classification as them? Yeah, I kind of feel like it's more because of the numbers. You just have less less athletes. I mean, not put any shade or anything I'm or not, any offense. I mean, it doesn't even have to be here. about no, Hampshire I, specifically. I, I, just I'm in not general. doing that at Hampshire. I, I want to kind of put this into perspective. I'd compare Hampshire dropping down for this so that they could be more competitive. Why haven't we seen that for schools in the EPAC that aren't as competitive when it comes to certain sports? Like yeah. Washington, for example. Because their population is just... you. But Washington doesn't I mean, get Washington's enough kids for football. pretty close to the same as Hampshire, but they only have the 30, 35 kids that come out for football. Why, why weren't they put in the same boat as Hampshire? Is the point that I'm trying to bring up. But you got to realize, if, if you look at this article, Colin, a lot of it is about his proximity, proximity to other teams, proximity to what it is. Hampshire could be closer if they're in the same boat as maybe Berkeley Springs or Moorfield. Will Moorfield have a school? No, they don't, do they? Yeah, they do. They Moorfield do. High. Okay. So maybe they'd be better suited in that proximity. Well, with Washington, Washington's basically the eastmost school in the state. How would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. So that's what it is. It's also, it's based upon, so each school, it's not just based upon enrollment, strictly. Each school get, receives a score based on enrollment, location, and economics. I'm not too sure what economics has to do with this exactly, but location, location's got everything to do with why Washington is in the EPAC and why Washington will stay in the EPAC. I mean, Washington has teams that are competitive, so I don't want to 
Yeah, it I don't. Like right. that, that's, that's what I was trying that's to what say I was before I started. That. I, why I, I didn't was want even... to have any disrespect, but for the but majority from football of football perspective, program, they have a smaller football roster typically than everybody else. So, like, do they get to play everybody that's smaller than them now just because they have less kids coming out for their football team? I think that's kind of what Colin's argument was. Um, but from the location standpoint, yeah, it wouldn't really work. Like, who would Washington play? That would be. Then it would cost them a lot more money, right? To have to travel to all these other schools, yeah. And then kids aren't going to want to come out for the team because they don't want to travel all that time. Yeah, and they they want to play the teams that are their friends play, like that they right. know people that I they mean, play for. We'll see. Maybe Washington gets better at the transfer rule. Yeah, or maybe a new coach brings new light, brings new players that want to come out. Who knows? Yeah. We don't have. There's no roster yet. Tryouts haven't happened, so we don't know how big the Washington football team will be this year. Uh, when it comes to numbers, a team that usually attracts 30, 35 could have 50 students under Terry Ray. We don't know that. But I do think it's an interesting point that yeah. Colin brought up. And, and I think the other thing is maybe this is just like too complicated to assign teams to a single region or, I guess, classification. Like It's kind of like a lot of stuff goes into it when I'm pretty sure for most states it's just how big your school is. I mean, location makes sense as something that you would consider in this state because the schools are so spread out. But Yeah. Also, it appears that the Board of Education has added additional language to the recently passed House Bill 2820 that allows one-time transfer opportunity for high school student-athletes. 7.2.a, in addition to those transfers permitted by any other rule, a student shall be eligible for a one-time transfer rule during the grades during the grades 9 through 12 and shall retain their uh, immediate eligibility following the transfer if the transfer occurs during a season in which the student has started practice at the previous school the student will be eligible for all sports except the sport in which the student has already started practice at the previous school any transfer made outside the scope of the rule shall have the ability to file for a waiver with the wvssac board of directors as permitted by this rule so a new rule saying if it comes to august and uh just use football as an example say i want to go in this summer period Maybe the beginning of this summer period, I was putting in work. People thought, coaches thought maybe I was going to be QB1, for instance. Well, then I was on vacation for the end of the summer period, and somebody else comes along and is a lot better than me. We start practice, and then I'm QB2, but I want to be QB1. You can't transfer to be QB1 anywhere else. You can't transfer and play football this fall now. I guess that wasn't necessarily in the rules, although it was probably an unwritten kind of thing. Like, you're not going to be able to join a team midseason. Yeah, you don't want to see somebody that at the Lo- start of the lost year playing on one time. team went to the other year because of a loss of playing time or a poor record type situation. So that I'm yeah. okay with. Yeah, I'm definitely – I mean, I think this whole transfer rule is already kind of sketchy uh, in terms of how it's working out. So I think if you had kids transferring in the middle of the season, that would just cause all sorts of problems. So we definitely don't need that. Um, And I think that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, News coming out of the SSAC once again this morning. Berkeley County educator and former coach Dan Comer is joining the SSAC staff as an assistant executive director. 
Comer was the first athletic director at Spring Mills High School. He won a pair of state track championships while coaching at Hedgesville. He earned the SSAC and the WVSACA Coach of the Year honors in 95, 2003, and 2010. He spent 38 years working here in Berkeley County in the Berkeley County School System. The last two is the county's coordinator for health, safety, and athletics. Uh, congratulations to him as he will fill a position previously held by Greg Reed, who unfortunately passed away at the beginning of this year. But Greg Reed, Martins, former Martinsburg athletic director. So this position now goes once again to another Berkeley County person. So Berkeley County keeping up the representation at the board of or at the uh, SSAC. Congratulations to Dan Comer. And I think that, you know, having somebody from out here, where everybody says you're out there in the eastern panhandle or you know something along those lines is where it's totally different than the other side of the state maybe continuing to have somebody there can help fight for the differences in this area yes this area always feels like they're voiceless when you go to the part of the state that this in mind for the eastern panhandle thinks is always where the power is in that charleston area so to have representation at all levels for this area is something that we all want and as you said kind of brings a equal balance to it and gets everybody's perspective in which is needed at all levels northern panhandle eastern panhandle or central part of the state everybody's voice needs to be heard no matter who it is so the fact that uh he's now been hired best of luck to him and hope that he is that voice for this area and maybe we need to reach out to him i think i still have his contact info yeah, so maybe we can get him on the show sometime soon. Nick, any thoughts? Don't really have anything to add. I think Colin. Colin hit the nail on the head right there. He does that. Try to do that here and there. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just an appliance store any longer, but you can grab your Traeger grills at Orsini's at 360 Hack Wilson Way, right here in Martinsburg, or go online to Orsini's.com. We come back. The ESPYS were last night. LeBron James wins an award, and he has a speech that basically ends with, I'm not going to retire, or essentially. We'll play that audio on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuning in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10. Like hounds, I focus on my breathing and the universal sound. Mommy, where does flavor come from? Well, um, when people love food, they cook it on a Traeger grill. Meat, corn, even pie. <laughs> and then the Traeger does the rest, which brings everyone to celebrate this beautiful thing that they've created. Because when you share delicious food with your friends, that's the flavor of life. Shop now and save at Orsini's today. WVU Medicine is pleased to announce that robotic-assisted total hip and knee replacement with the new Zimmer Biomet Rosa is here in the Eastern Panhandle at both Berkeley Medical Center and Jefferson Medical Center. The information provided by the ROSA results in more precise and accurate hip and knee replacements than ever before. WV Medicine is proud to offer this technology and be a leader in orthopedic surgery in the Eastern region. For more info, call 304-725-BONE. 
Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit right off Route 11 is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. Join us at the Berkeley County Youth Fair for eight action-packed days of fun for the whole family, August 5th through August 12th. Featuring all your favorites, the best in fair food, the best in carnival rides, and the best in live entertainment. Come support the area youth. See all their hard work at the Ag and Livestock exhibits and shows daily. We can't wait to see you at the Berkeley County Youth Fairgrounds, 2419 Golf Course Road in Martinsburg. Follow us on Facebook for Fair Week updates or download the new BCYF app. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. Almost said and Dylan, but Dylan is not here today. He was here earlier, but he's got to cut down on the hours. We worked a little long last night. Yeah, he's been working hard. Plus, he wanted some lunch really bad. He was like, I'm starving. I was like, go have your lunch. Yeah, he didn't come in at 5 o'clock, but I've been trying to tell him whenever he comes in in the morning, you need to bring food. You need something to keep your body fueled and energized for this show. Yeah, uh, but the show, yeah. <laughs> let's get back on topic here. The 2023 ESPYs were last night on ABC. Uh, something pretty interesting last night because of the writer's strike in Hollywood that uh, obviously... It takes out a lot of these shows, so there's not a lot of summer. All the sh- summer shows in primetime, they're all like game shows or reality shows or reruns of, you know, some channels are just rerunning the last season of their shows from, the, you know, this fall to the spring. Well, obviously, when you have an award show and you have an opening monologue, that's kind of supposed to be a funny thing. So it takes those writers that, you know, it's kind of right, maybe Saturday Night Live or, you know, write shows and things like that. Well, they didn't have one last night. They had no host. I guess the host was supposed to be somebody very funny. Um, potentially Kevin Hart. Jimmy I think. Kimball. Kevin, I think Kevin Hart. It was supposed to be Kevin Hart. I think Kevin Hart was supposed to be the host last night. I feel like it's always like, well, ESPN trotted out their uh, sturdy new uh highest paid talent that caused them to cut half their staff uh not half their staff but they trotted out pat mcafee he did a 12 minute monologue i thought it was pretty good if you have a chance to watch it it's on their youtube page uh i think it was pretty good he touched on a lot of stuff uh it was pretty funny for you know he's a funny guy so he he didn't even need writers to make it he probably just did it off the dome well kevin hart's a funny guy still needs writers right I mean, I guess if you believe that those talk show hosts write all that or come up with all that stuff on their own, then that's not the case. So yeah, we do need to pay the writers first of all. Uh, yes, that's true. Whether it be for movies or TV or whatever the case, um, because now everything's getting delayed. But that's a side issue. Uh, I didn't watch any of the SBs besides this LeBron thing that I saw because by the time we got home, you know, it, it was, was done. So yeah, 
Um, LeBron gets the award for best record-breaking performance as he surpassed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the NBA career scoring record. He had a pretty long interview, but this is the last minute and a half of his uh, his speech, and he says something that we all kind of thought here, but he did kind of be a little sketchy about it in the last interview or press conference of the season. Here's LeBron James at the end of his SB speech from last night. Listen, you can, you can love me, and I, and I know some of you hate me as well, <laughs> but the one thing you will always do um, is, res- is respect me and appreciate uh, the way I approach the game and what I've given to this game. Um, thank you. I'm so proud of these two men standing right behind me tonight. See, they're on their own basketball journey. And no matter how far they choose to go, they're not cheating this game. And that inspires me. When the season ended, um, I said I wasn't sure if I was going to keep playing. And I know a lot of experts told you guys what I said, but I'm here now speaking for myself. In that moment, I'm asking myself if I can still play without cheating the game. Can I give everything to the game still? Truth, I've been asking myself this question at the end of the season for a couple years now. I just never openly talked about it. I don't care how many more points I score or what I can or cannot do on the floor. The real question for me is, can I play without cheating this game? The day I can't give the game everything on the floor is the day I'll be done. Lucky for you guys, that day is not today. The day is not today. He announces he's returning to the NBA, not shockingly, for another season. We've kind of known that uh, he was potentially going to return until his son play, until his son got drafted in the league, go to him, go to the team, sign with the team that he gets drafted by, and then play with him for a year. Uh, but that was a very sketchy interview that he had at the end of the season. Kind of left things up in the air. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think LeBron was going to retire at any point. It just really would, didn't make much sense for him to retire at this point. Um, you know, obviously there has been a slow decline in his game. He's not exactly the same player he once was, even though you look at his numbers and they don't really show that. But if you watch him play, you know, it's only really five minutes at a time or so where he looks like the old LeBron and then kind of doesn't give you those full 40 minutes but i mean he's 38 years old so it's still very impressive what he's doing out there and um i'm not really surprised that he's coming back obviously you know i guess he didn't i don't really think he needed to announce it but i guess uh, well he did did. because he's lebron (laughs) he he announces everything he needs the spotlight no matter when and where he is since he did kind of leave it open it, it is nice to i guess have it announced because it just kind of confirms it, but I think we all already kind of presumed he would be back playing for the Lakers at least one more year. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. I like watching LeBron, even if I don't necessarily like him all the time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that was at the end of his speech yesterday. A few more big items came up in the SBs. The Arthur Ashe Award for Courage given to the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team in their fight for equal pay that ended last year. Zero to garner equal pay. The Jimmy V Award for Perseverance goes to Liam Hendricks of the Chicago White Sox, who basically said that he played all of 2022 and possibly the end of 2021 with stage 4 Hoskins lymphoma. Non-Hoskins lymphoma, yeah. excuse me. 
Uh, but uh, perseverance, if he played almost the whole season like that, that's crazy. Yeah, definitely deserving. Um, then the Pat Tillman Award for service goes to the Buffalo Bills training staff, and it was very emotional. Yeah, as, if you haven't seen that, you go gotta watch, watch it. that. Uh, but uh, among the other awards given out, those were kind of the main awards given out. Uh, that will do it here for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to Hagerstown Ford. For more, we do have a breaking news item from Brett McMurphy uh, on college football, specifically the Mountaineers, as he was told by Neil Brown that Neil Brown will return to this duty next year. We'll discuss that as Colin has no clue what I'm talking about. When we return after this two-minute break, you're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. Wide open fields and a homegrown sunset on my mind. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit Hagerstown to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Not sure where to go or who to trust with your flooring project? And start with Triff's Flooring, proudly serving the area for more than 25 years. Specializing in floor sanding and refinishing, along with installation of new flooring, including hardwood, tile, vinyl, laminate, carpet, and the hottest trend in flooring luxury vinyl, tile, and luxury vinyl plank. Are you on a budget? Check out their warehouse, Cash and Carry, or call 304-229-7009, or visit them online at trippsfloorsanding.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. To this day, when I hear that song, I see you standing there on that long discount shade store ball team. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. Segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg or call 304-263-4343. You know, I think I know it, and then I'm like, that's not it. And then I was like, yeah, that's it. But uh, welcome back. 
not retiring. I never doubted you for a second. <laughs> All right. Well, All news coming out 42 minutes ago at 12.09. Uh, Brett McMurphy of Action Network Headquarters, America's College Football Insider. I think he used to – did he work for Stadium at one point and then ESPN? I think it was opposite ESPN and then Stadium. Yeah. Uh, he tweets at 12.09, West Virginia's Neil Brown told me he will return to play calling this fall. Last season, OC Graham Harrell called the place for West Virginia – but Harrell went to Purdue. Brown called plays as W's head coach for his first three seasons. Uh, are we trusting the climb with this, Colin? Do we have a choice? I mean, sure, let's do it. We don't have a choice, right? If you're a Mountaineer fan and you want to truly believe that this team's going to be good, you have to trust the climb. If not, it's going to be three more plus years of another rebuild with another coach and probably a downward spiral from there if they can't find the coach. So you need to trust the climb, give him another year, give him another chance, and hopefully with him play calling, it goes well because last year did not go well at all offensively. You had the quarterback issues, and play calling at times did seem like it was horrible in a lot of fans minds so we'll see uh what changes are made and if it brings success or if we get another rebuild in reprogramming how about this neil brown was asked about being picked last in the big 12 media poll quote that bodes well for us based end quote based upon how poorly media has predicted the big 12 in past seasons that is true uh, but he was picked eighth last year and finished ninth that's also true, but <laughs> last year's last place prediction was the champion. So, I guess that's why I said possible. it goes well for us. All right, well, interesting news coming out here. The NCAA themselves has released this information. Uh, it's not coming out from a source or, or from anything else, but the NCAA acknowledged today that it discussed possible expansion of the NCAA tournament at the NCAA Division One Men's Basketball Committee meeting this week. But the organization also said expanding the field is, quote, not imminent, end quote. In January, the D1 Transformation Committee released a report recommending several changes to college sports, including allowing 25% of team sports sponsored by at least 200 schools to complete, compete in its annual championship events. For men's and women's college basketball, that would potentially mean a move from 68 to as many as 90 teams. So that's why it was discussed. But the fact that the NCAA is forthright about this is kind of interesting because they're usually not forthright about anything. That is true, but I, I don't want to see 90-team bracket no. single elimination. You'd have to change it drastically, and that just would completely ruin March Madness, I feel like. Yeah, I don't see any reason to mess with what it is. I think one of the great things about it is every year you have the debates, should these teams be in or not? And I think that's one of the fun things about the tournament. And sometimes you go, yeah, they deserve to get in over this team. And then sometimes you're like, well, did that team really deserve to get in? So I think that's one of the, the fun things about the tournament. If you expand it out to 90 teams, I mean, what would even be your basic qualification to get into the tournament? I feel like you'd have to change it to pool play and then a bracket. Yeah, well, that's the thing, which too. Which is kind of how conferences already work. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see any reason to expand it i think it's at a good number right now based on the fact that it's 
really entertaining still, even with the level of play maybe being down a little bit. Yeah, uh, but that is interesting that they were forthright with that information just to begin with, quite honestly, because I feel like they're just not usually like up front with a lot of stuff, especially lately. Uh, but that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Guess what? If you're watching on TV 10, fingers crossed, you'll be able to watch a replay of last night's foot or baseball game, a Legion baseball game. Is that correct, Colin? I think so. Unless, Unless I changed it change to Miss West Virginia. I might have done that. Oh, Colin, I thought we were going to play baseball. I mean, afterwards. both are going to get played today, for sure. All right, well, that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, who's about to go on vacation. Have a great vacation, Nick. Thank you. Uh, I'm Spencer Puy saying so long. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. Listening to 106.5 FM and 740 AM. Talk Radio WRNR. Martinsburg, Shepherdstown, Charlestown.